If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to the Unsung Podcast, where we talk about classic albums and decide if they deserve that distinction. And we also talk about some unsung classics in the hopes of bringing them to a new audience. And at the end of it all, we let you decide if we are right or wrong. This is the Unsung Podcast. Welcome to episode 8 of the Unsung Podcast. On this week's episode, we are talking about At The Gates, seminal 1995 album, Slaughter of the Soul. But you probably already knew that because if you listened last week, you know that's what we're going to talk about. It's also entirely possible that the only reason you're checking out this part of the podcast is because you want to know what the outcome of last week's show was. Well, I'm here to give you the answer. The public has decided that Joanna Newsom's Yeez deserves to go into a discography. So Joanna, welcome to our discography of all-time classic albums. Thank you to everybody who voted. We really appreciate it. Now, let's get dug into this episode as we talk about our first metal album, Slaughter of the Soul by At The Gates. Welcome to the Unsung Podcast. I am your host, Mark Fraser, and I'm joined by two questionable gentlemen. Uh, to my left is David Weaver, a man who, much like myself, does a fine line in denim shirts with his sleeves rolled up. Uh, the man to my right, I can't tell. His name is Chris Cusack, and I can't tell if he's got <laughs> sweat patches <laughs> as big as mine. I've not got sweat patches. I've got really big sweat patches. Oh, that's right pretty now. hot in here. I've had too much coffee today. Caffeine makes me sweat. Really? That's Chris that's Cusack, does caffeine thing. make you sweat? It doesn't, and I drink a lot of caffeine. Oh, there you are. Not a lot makes me sweat. I've got some kind of weird 
So to the right Spread of deficit. me is Chris Cusack and not a lot makes him sweat. Here we go. Should be the name <laughs> of your, that for next time. That should be the name of your punk your first mixtape. <laughs> Quite dry, mm. man. I don't know. I don't know. If... <laughs> I'm in hip hop next him. <laughs> All right. What record are we on to this? My hip hop mixtape's not going to be much to write home. No, no DJ Shadow, anyway. Um, on this episode, we are talking about Slaughter of the Soul by At the Gates. Or Laughter of the Soul, Laugh- if you've accidentally <laughs> run of the Soul. Slaughter, <laughs> guys. Slaughter. Okay, are we ready? Go! <laughs> Blinded in a world of fear Yep <laughs> I picked this record because it's responsible for so much good and so, so much bad <laughs> And I guess we really need to talk about it because I like it a lot But I also recognise that it's basically the one song <laughs> For 12 tracks Yeah Wow, that's kind of true, yeah Not a bad thing Apart from the one that's instrumental, but yeah And there's two that's instrumental But the second one that's instrumental has got keyboards and yeah, no, it's the same. Yeah. Last song on the record. And then that first instrument one's just like got that acoustic guitar thing. Crappy, undistorted guitar yeah. on it. But you know. It's all about distorted guitars. Now, a bit of context to this record, because I was I was thinking about it the, the other day. Is um this came out in eighteen eighty five and was produced by a guy called Frederick Northam, who also produced two of the other big Swedish melodic death metal records, which is In Flames, Jest of the Race, which is Ah, still, by the way, it's <laughs> so boring, it's actually unreal. And Dark Tranquility, the gallery, which is mm-hmm. pretty good, but more power metal than death metal, I thought. Yeah. Um, neither of them are as short as this record, which I think is it's probably its biggest thing. It's just like, it's, it's like getting stabbed in the gut. By Bruce Dickinson. By Bruce Dickinson. <laughs> yeah. With throat. Well, it's like 38 minutes long, is it? Uh, yeah, 38, yeah. Uh-huh. Everything that's ever been metalcore comes from this album. Yeah. So I just make playlists all the time on Spotify. I've got a playlist from like 2010. That's how long I've had Spotify. And it's just called uh, Arg Blarg Testosterone Metal Fuck. <laughs> and so it's got band, like it. the bands that it's got on it are As I Lay Dying, It Dies Today, Machine Head, Chimera, Trivium, Despised Icon, uh, Your Demise, Unearth, All That Remains, um, Darkest Hour, Black Dahlia Murder, Devil Driver, The Agony Scene. Now, all of those bands Mips. have just stolen At The Gates riffs. Yes. Uh-huh. Like, just all of those bands yeah. and so many more, like mm-hmm. Suicide Silence, like when Bring Me The Rise and decided to become a real band, mm-hmm. uh, Trivium, Bullet From My Valentine, all of these bands, all they've done is just steal that, dun, 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 yeah, that mm-hmm. bit Do you never, from At The Gates. You never get that thing, though, when you're reading through that playlist, for example, we are like, such <laughs> knobs, man. <laughs> yeah. A despised icon. As I hate That's a really good book, though. Have you read it? <laughs> Nonsense. <laughs> I mean, it's a bit like wrestling, you know. I can get there. I can get there. You have to, like, suspend your disbelief and, mm-hmm. you know, accept it for what it is. But sometimes you just get jolted out of your little kind of, like, your little dream and you're like, my God, this is stupid. Metal, like, hardcore takes itself, like, Impossibly seriously. Yeah, way too seriously. Yeah, which is much to its detriment, I think. But also, do you know what? I also, like, just going off on a tangent here, I also hate, like, joke metal. Like, metal bands like that Steel are, Like, Steel Panther and stuff like that. Yeah, but you're like, a big fan of Party Cannon. Yeah, but they just play, like, proper grindcore. Yeah, I know. And it just so happens It's tongue-in-cheek, though. 
Yeah, but that's it. They're doing proper metal, but like they just don't take themselves that seriously. It's, 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 what? It's like the alt-right. Metal bands, it's, it's not tongue-in-cheek, but it's pretending to be tongue-in-cheek. No, yeah, like what a lot of bands, metal bands, like joke metal bands and they're like we're gonna be a funny metal band we're gonna mm. do fun metal and then they take it really seriously and it's like no that's you're missing the point there. there's a difference between being a band which is a joke metal band and a band which is a metal band with a sense of humour yeah exactly so Iron Maiden's a joke metal band right <laughs> I think they are now <laughs> <laughs> no but they, they, like the thing about Iron Maiden is though and we should, we'll definitely talk about this at some point is they've never really taken themselves like seriously as a band <laughs> Yeah, no, they're a joke metal band. Yeah. I mean, they're going to run to the hills with the footage of like ancient westerns and stuff. They're yeah, like that's it. it. They're like, oh, fuck it. We'll and just Eddie. go mad with the imagery and everything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're, they, they're a joke metal band. Yeah, they, they just, they're just they having fun. And Megadeth's much more on the fence. I don't think he knew. <laughs> could, he couldn't decide if he was a joke metal band or not. No, Dave Mustaine is always going to take himself very seriously. He's a parody of a human being, isn't he? I yeah, thought exactly. it was a... Is he or is he just like super dry? You know, it's oh, just like, like... I don't know. You know, it's... Again, it's like the all right. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> is, of the all right. Is that ironic? I can't tell. They can't tell. Nobody can tell. And that's the secret. That's how you get out of trouble, is if nobody can tell if you're being ironic. Yeah, we're shit, but it's ironic. Or is it? So slaughter of the soul. Um, <laughs> this this should be in the discography of amazing records because it is probably one of the most important metal records that's ever been written. I would agree with that. Uh I am being informed of that. <laughs> 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 no, like, I'm gonna put my cards on the table here. I'm trying to act like I know what I'm talking about, but like this, this is a new album. Yeah, this was relatively new mm-hmm. to me, right? So much so that I didn't even know what fucking century this was made in. Right? <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally, yeah, I don't even know what one. millennium <laughs> this was made in. Quite literally, and I was like, what the fuck is this album? And yeah. um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, this again, a bit, a bit like going back to the DJ Shadow thing. Okay, I'm gonna have to kind of hear this having already heard all the people mm-hmm. that are ripping it off mm-hmm. and then now hear where they got that and I can very much see where they got those ideas although I can very much see where these guys got their ideas as well you know the whole kind of melodic symphonic metal thing but with like death metal rhythm sections mm-hmm. you know it's like I, I, I like I, I can I can hear that or, or at least the melody in the, the guitar I don't mean symphonic in terms of violin arrangements mm-hmm. but yeah. you know yeah that, that, that part of it is like you can hear where they got it but yeah I mean you guys are talking about how uh, so much of the metalcore scene came from this. Like, holy shit, yeah, you can really hear that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I, I can even really hear it. I'm a big Caven fan, right? And through all their various incarnations, but when they, you know, a post sort of antenna, when they started to go back into their nastier stuff, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, Jesus, and now I can really hear huge chunks of this album. And the production's slightly different, I'll give it that, mm-hmm. but like the actual approach, arrangement, I mean, it's more than just nods to it. Oh, yeah. And it's like, Wow, okay, man. Yeah. I mean, we said, I thought I, I mentioned it in the Jane Doe episode for Converge as well, but there's a lot of how to get riffs on that record as well. Yeah, they've just not been, hearing that. They've just been screwed be up and sometimes in Jane Doe, um, but they are in, they're in there. I would, I, look, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fall out with the notion that maybe there's more at the gates on some of their earlier, more metalcore stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I hear it on Jane Doe because I think Jane Doe is the point where they stopped doing that. But yeah, I mean, certainly in some of the earlier like uh, Petition in the Empty Sky and stuff like that. Yeah, I could probably believe that there's a bit more metalcore in that. Let's not go down that. <laughs> Let's do a tangent so soon. And there's a guitar sound as well on this record. There's like the metal guitar sound. It's pretty stinking. Yeah. It's pretty scooped. 
that's that's <laughs> the way they love it. Like I was re- reading the like they were doing interviews. I was reading some of the interviews mm-hmm. and I was like, and they, they were pretty down on the, the drum sound, which is I thought was pretty badass. But they they love the guitar sound, which I thought was rotten. This is, this is that's guitar- probably why I don't listen to metal. To this is it. the guitar sound the couple are using in all of the records. Just well, with a I lot mean, more you are f- talking total with, pish there, but no, that's <laughs> absolutely true. It's a fucking. It's the it's the HM two guitar tone. Uses that, he makes it sound better. As a Kirk Bowie band, like we don't sound fuck all like this, and he didn't. He doesn't use anything <laughs> like this kind of equipment. Like that, like I, he uses HM two all the time. I, I just, I just don't hear it at all, man. I mean, the guy. No, you've listened. Surely you've like heard Black Breath or Trap them. Yeah, like that's that kind of yeah, stuff. But that's he, just this. this. <laughs> Modern Life Is War, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I I think we must be getting different things from from his back catalogue. I mean, stuff like you know, Young Widows and stuff like that. I mean, that's that's all Kurt yeah, Bowie no, as well. I know, so let's, let's not. I think there's the two different. There's two different. You can't do that. This isn't the Converge episode. Yes, you can't do that with Kurt Bowie anyway. You Kurt Bowie has like pigeonholes. several different avenues, and he's got that big, spacious, mm. like sort of post-punk with massive balls sound. But then he's got this like, I'm just going to get the mids to absolute fuck sound as well. You know, metalcore stuff. Mm. And that comes from this record. These guitars are really middling, man. Because <laughs> the other two records that we mentioned, The Dark Tranquility and The In Flames, um, you don't have I just don't think sound. they've been nearly as influential in terms of a sound. Mm. All three bands were very influential in terms of, like, that riff. And yes, that is a riff. You know, that it riff. Is a riff. Yeah. yeah, it's very archetypal. I'll give you that, like, absolutely. Yeah, but this is the one that I think, this is, of the three records, this is the one that's aged best doesn't sound like it's from 1995 it could basically be from any era uh and it's the one that's just straightforward no fucking messing here's just some absolute fucking punishing songs yeah i mean i like I, i'm relatively new to this i just think certainly on the the, the week i've had with it like yeah. uh, i'm not hearing it in some of the places you guys are hearing it but i am hearing it and i have a lot of the other places mm-hmm. you know so yeah. i i get that um i just i just don't want to over attribute it you know, in areas where it's maybe not quite as applicable, it's definitely had a big part to play in a hell of a lot of shit. I don't know if it needs the help in the, all these other ones. It's, I mean, the Hydra head thing, it's like the, the tone yeah. is very applicable to a lot of that kind of Hydra head-like stuff. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's why, I, I think that's why it's definitely been sorry because it is that influential. For for better or worse. Was it that influential at the time? That's like, that's like something Yeah, it's like a slow, it's it. one of those slow ones. I remember reading... I still read Kerrang when I was like, you know, 18, 19. As of. It was like, you've <laughs> it was always one of those ones that guitarists in bands would mention. So, you know, you'd read an interview with Bullet from a Valentine. Yeah. <laughs> and like, At the Gates would always be mentioned. You know, all these bands found it somehow. Uh, and I, I remember when I was in high school, I was doing, I can't remember, I was doing music. Um, might have been standard grade music. And there was like, my pal Peter and he was just absolutely obsessed with like power metal and stuff and he listened to In Flames and Children of Bottom pretty mm. much constantly and I think there's like a whole I don't know how he how he found them but like I think there's a whole generation of kids that stayed in their stayed in their bedrooms and just learned to shred and harmonize and harmonize <laughs> yeah. and pinch harmonics you know uh, listen to Children of Bottom In Flames and this is, I think, At The Gates is the one that sort of refined that best to a sort of perfect record. I think a lot of, post, a lot of post-hardcore bands from the early 2000s have, have taken a lot of stuff from their guitars on this record as well, like Feel yeah. For Friend and From Up To Ashes and anything that basically has that galloping, harmonised, you know, yeah. riff that comes from 
this, those those three bands, this era. You think? No. I mean, I, I like I, there's I, a lot. I think I, I, my only concern here is that I don't have necessarily the pool of reference to draw from, but it seems like this is also very much a product of its influences, and I'm worried that we place a lot of these tones, for example, at the door of this album when really this album, which came out in '95, may well have been lifting sounds from stuff that was from like almost ten years earlier. I mean, they they I mean, said certainly they take a lot from Slayer. And they, well, they, they wanted this Maiden to be a Rain and Blood for the nineties. They said yeah. that like specifically, this is that's what they set out to mm-hmm. make with this. They wanted to make the Rain and Blood for for the nineties. In fact, I, I believe it was at Metal Injection. It was um, one place below Rain and Blood in their like most important metal albums, above Mashuga and above Dream Theater. Dream Theater. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was about to defend Mashuga and then I heard Dream Theater and I just want to cry. Mash- Mashuga are, are a good band as well. But Mashuga are a lot better than that, I guess. Yeah, well. Mashuga have had a lot, m- m- they've had more ideas. You know, Mashuga have like evolved as a band and, you know, they were around the same time. They were in Sweden in, you know, early 90s. Yeah, of course. The, one of their best records came from the same time. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, though. Destroy, Chaos. Raise, Improve for a nine case fear. Case fear, yeah. Um, but like they were yeah. way more interested in like rhythm, uh, whereas these guys were interested in that sort of yeah melody and harmony of like, these just... guys liked their tropes, man. I mean, they, yeah. they they liked their metal tropes and they they kind of a lot of, a lot of metal bands. That's a big part of metal is to is to not try and hide the tropes, is to just like wear them proudly. You know, it's like, yeah. like this is what we do and we fucking well, that's love what, it. And that's kind of cool. After you know, out the that. gates, they became the haunted, and yeah. the haunted are like. Thrash version of Out of the Gates, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. The Haunted just sounded like Slayer, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. really good. <laughs> like, and then onto like I love I love Slayer, like and I can appreciate how influential they are. But um like in terms of stuff post two thousand, yeah. If you want to listen to heavy thrash music, you listen to Haunted Only. And if Slayer. you want to listen to heavy thrash music without having to give money to Tom Ryan. Yeah, exactly. If you have enjoyed this podcast, then please support us. Why would you enjoy it? Do you know there are some people out there that don't actually like music? Or or just don't give a fuck? Joanna Newsom's family. Oh yeah, that's right. They did make it, they don't like TV. Sorry guys. (laughs) (laughs) ruined that. Don't sue us. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. and Mrs. Newsom. You can pay for research like this. (laughs) (laughs) You can pay for research and sparkling water if you go to www.unsongpod.net or slash donate. And keep Chris and weird toffees. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, well, again, like kind of as a, a bit of an outsider on it. Like it's it's a really interesting listen. I, I, the, the the track that stood out for me was nausea. Mm. I really enjoyed that track. The rest of it, yeah, I was like, all right, whatever. But that was a tune that kind of connected. Um, it's a little bit faster, a little bit more direct. Mm. It's pretty fast in general, but I think not as close is actually probably the closest to get to a beatdown on that record. The closest to get to hardcore, yeah, on the records, yeah. For me, it's Suicide Nation. When I first heard this record, that was a hook for me. When I got to Suicide Nation, I was like, "Fuck, I'm in. I'm all in." That's that's funny. That's like the exact same as me. And I, do you know what? I never actually had this record for a long time. I found just the files. Or I just had files. <laughs> you know, I had like four. You found the files. Yeah. In the I had four MP3s that? from this. So I think I had 
Slaughter the Soul, Under Serpent Sun, Suicide Nation. Blinded and... by Fear by any chance? Yeah, it would have been actually. <laughs> but like the one that on my 10 track MP3 player that had 32 megabytes on it, <laughs> I'd always have Suicide Nation on it. <clears throat> just because it's got that riff that, you know, that do do do. And then you just want to hear more of it all the fucking time because they just play it like the first four times and then they lower it the next bit and you're just like oh I need to yeah. hear that with repeated plays yeah it's like a song called Captain Midnight in the Tomahawk album where they only did this amazing hook once in the yeah song. I know exact song you're talking about <laughs> you're yeah, yeah. like what I've got to listen to that whole song again yeah, just but it's for totally the fucking, fucking money shot yeah, yeah. yeah. solo and that's amazing and the double kick towards the end the way it builds up in it all that yeah. is like that is I think that's probably the, the jumping off point for a lot of these metalcore bands like Killswitch Engage like they fucking just take took every idea on this record Aye. and ran for it Darkest Hour are basically an anti gay tribute band but playing more hardcore yeah. I fucking love Darkest Hour so it's not a problem for me see yeah, <laughs> talking, like, about, ki- talking about solos but I was like reading that the cold the song Cold mm-hmm. the solo and that was played by uh, another guitarist and the guitarist from At The Case still can't play the solo that's amazing <laughs> yeah, so he, he, he was like, he was like yeah. I still can't get it right yeah. you know, it's like because it's so technically good like mm-hmm. it, it went yeah. down in some list of like the best solos yeah. it does come out of nowhere on the record because it does sound a bit out of place cause yeah it's, it's a like, different guy and like the At The Gates guitarist yeah. was interviewed about it and he's like I absolutely love it but I still can't play it right yeah. There is an ambition to this record, although we'd like talk about like the riff and like the tropes and stuff like that. Rhythmically, they fucking they do change it up. Halfway through a song, they'll just like completely change, you know, the tempo or like things like that. The beat that even like bands like Kill Switch Engage, you know, fifteen years later, all they ever do is like just half time it or whatever. <laughs> and um, <laughs> you know, whereas in this record they're quite happy to just stick in a completely different rhythm. I think dynamically, there's not a lot of change on this record no, at all. There's not, there's it's not. just that's your guitar tone. That's what it's going to be for 38 minutes constantly. Um, so that's not where you're getting your. Um, what's the word? That's not where you're getting your. <laughs> variety from. That's not where you're getting your variety from on the record. You're getting the variety from the. I was on the edge of my seat there, but <laughs> like, honestly, like, like, I really can only imagine the scene in the room there. Me and Mark, mouths open, just staring. Variety, just that's waiting. the word we're after. Weaver with his bottle of wine in his hand, gesture, like, where's this <laughs> word? Oh my God, I'm coming down. My life went in so many directions in the blinking eye. <laughs> but yeah, I think they, they like, within that one sound that they have, they push it as, you know, within... And that's why I see that I've reached peak. Big weaver. Yeah, no, for me, yeah, they push it within a very set, tight set of boundaries. Uh, whereas so many bands have like taken a small part of this and just done nothing with it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's we were talking about that and some of the like we we're talking about that in relation to John and Newsome. We talked about that in relation to DJ Shadow. Yeah, it's like bands that are either inspired by those records or are citing the same influences, but have been far less ambitious with what they seek to do with it. And I think, yeah, yeah. Th- I mean, even as somebody coming coming at it fairly fairly fresh, like, uh, I can hear that they've 
been a lot more focused and they've had a much stronger idea of what they wanted to create than the whole thing about wanting to do a Rain and Blood. I imagine a lot of bands would do an equivalent of Rain and Blood, but also just the brevity of the album, the directness of it, the, you know, not overstaying its welcome, just like really playing to the strengths of like, how is this going to be, like how can we maximise the impact of this, you know, and not get lost in the creative process, not get self-indulgent. That's that's pretty cool in a, in a yeah. genre that can be prone to like self-indulgence. There's there's merit to that, and even as somebody who doesn't, I, I'm obviously I'm not massively into this record, but you know I can. It's it's not so long as it becomes offensive. You know you're like oh, that's all right. It's pretty yeah. cool. Um, I noticed though, like because um, one thing I don't have a frame of references to the rest of their catalog, and quite often when we're doing this, it's like yeah, okay, this is a good album, but how does it compare to their other albums? And we had that thing with Idlewild where it was like it became largely about um, mm-hmm. Hundred Broken Windows as yeah. opposed to Remote Part. So I don't know how this compares to the other stuff. I do know that, is it Adrian Erlinson? Is that the guy's name? The, is he the drummer? Yeah. I think it was him. It was either, it was either him or the guitarist had said that their favourite record was the previous one to mm-hmm. this for the band. That's also a good record. But the two records, this is a fourth record. The two, the two, the first two records are nothing to write Yeah, he, he, did, he, he wasn't particularly positive about them, but he said the one prior to this, who's, which the name of which is totally escaped me right now, um, that was his... Yeah, favorite of of their catalog. As much as he felt this was the, obviously their standout, like most well recognized record, mm. this that was the one. He's it, it was a drummer that went to play Cradle of Filth, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, for like seven years or something like that. And then, he broke up after this record. Yeah, but then they got back together again and did reunion shows. Yeah, they've they got a new record. A war of and reality. Yeah, mm-hmm. do they? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it last year? Maybe twenty sixteen. <laughs> yeah, it was last year, twenty sixteen. Well, mm-hmm. I need to get better at Google. It's all right. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine, yeah. but it's like. They've just become another band that sound like them. At the driving. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, well, you know guys, what I mean? Let's it's get like, the band back together. They sound like here. a metal band like that, that have At The Gates as a heavy influence. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's, that's the thing. Like, if you're going to be, if you're going to write a record and then break up after it, you, when you come back for it, if you're going to do another record, it's got to be, come it's on. got to be the next I, thing. That is absolutely the, I go back to this is going to become a recurring yeah. theme, but that is the main problem with most of these bands yeah. is they come back as a shit version of them. Exactly. The young oh, selves. You, like yeah, look at fucking refused, like uh, like driving, <laughs> like fuck, like like all these bands coming back. Like guys, just fuck off and do something else, or go and get a job somewhere. Yeah. Start a fucking I don't know upholstery business. It gives a shit. Stop making. Keep playing the haunted. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Keep being an old band. Yeah, like, we, we don't yeah. need any more bad versions of your previous good well. record. Yeah. You know, it's like the, there's like a few good bands came out of this band though. Like the Great Deceiver were great. There was a couple. Oh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but that's oh, yeah. interesting. No doubt. But that you know that's kind of the that, that going back to that argument from the other episode is like yeah. that thing is like yeah, yeah the haunted it. was really cool. Yeah. Do something different. It doesn't have to be a massive departure, but can I draw a line yeah. under one thing and do something else and keep adding to the artistic pile as opposed to just dousing the artistic pile and more yeah. piss? Yeah. You know, it's like just that that process is uh, why why do people? I mean, I don't know. Okay. The singer, the singer we're on the form, Disfear, which are basically like a, a crusty kind of mm-hmm. hardcore band. That's yeah, actually a pretty cool band. Like, yeah, I, I really, really like that band, better yeah. than this, to be honest. But but it's like you're saying, like it's like you, you've done it. You cut your losses. You go and do something new. And yeah. that's totally what he did. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you, you can't recreate it. You can't recapture your fucking youth. Unless you've got some astonishing vision that has just gone unarticulated. Just do something yeah, but else. sometimes, just sometimes it happens. Like, thinking about this type of music, Carcass, mm-hmm. a year and a half ago. Like, Carcass are a band that were like, never made it big as a thrash metal band. And then, in, I think it was 2014 or 2015. Big, I know, but they were never like reached mainstream levels of success or whatever then in 2015 I think they released 
probably their best record, like out of nowhere. So you know, sometimes no, you're right. There's there's, there's undoubtedly exceptions to the rule, and every single band but thinks it's going to be them. So yeah, but I I wish they didn't, but I understand why they do. Yeah, we can name multiple bands yeah. that have done the opposite, though. Mm-hmm. You know, those bands, those bands that keep going, I still keep trying interesting things like Deftones as well. Deftones, yeah. the records might not be. As good, are Deftones still doing interesting things? Certainly not the same thing over and over again. So they're def, 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 is it uh, any good? How, I think, like, I think have they not okay. been on a perpetual I think we'll probably slide be since talking about Deftones in a future episode. So apparently we're going to be talking about Deftones in as a long as episode. the album's White Pony. Then mm-hmm. I'm in. But anything else, you're getting. But Diamond Eyes is really good. And um, is it fuck? Oh, well, <laughs> no, Diamond Eyes is good, but it's not their defining record. It's not. It's not White Pony. Yeah, I know. But well, that's a different discussion the for. Record is anyway at the gates. Yeah. At the gates, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah he did the right thing by splitting up and they should have stayed and split they should have stayed split up basically but I've not heard this new record so it's I'm, okay, I'm, but I believe it, David he's not generally known for making what, shit up you believe me what I just said that it's the fine. new album is fine yeah, yeah it's yeah. fine it's, I, 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 I can just bad. imagine them probably getting back together and going do you know what Like people seem to like this kind of stuff now so why don't we do it yeah it's exactly it must be it. fucking annoying <laughs> fucking horrible yeah. line of thought you know what people seem to like this no no but it must be fucking annoying the point though you come from like you're a band in so Sweden in 1995 and you put out this record and you fucking tour the toilets of Europe and you're like split up because you're like making absolutely no they fucking fuck tour off. the toilets no, of Europe at the gates I mean they're not exactly fucking touring with Swedish fucking Swedish death yeah, like, like boohoo man they were no right, right they were not making enough money to live off it no I know but like right? the whole so notion like, of- and they go back and then they form all these other bands and then fucking 15 years later Bring Me the Horizon are playing the Hydro. And you look at that and you're like, that's because of us. No, no. no. (laughs) Surely you'd just be like, well, maybe we should just record an album. That's bullshit. They looked at that and went, I want a piece of that. Yeah. Yeah, but surely if, like, in 15 years, there's a band that sounds like fucking Outblinker playing the Hydro, you go like, (laughs) well, maybe maybe we could just get together and make our record. Don't deny that that's (laughs) fucking true. I will not be drawn into a fight. <laughs> well, what I will say, what I will say is, you know what? People like in fried chicken, right? And that's what brought us all those fucking bullshit fried chicken outlets in the street. People like all kinds of garbage, and the whole notion that you should like do your thing because you know what people like. Oh, we can give that to them. You know, it's like yeah, they did. Maybe lay the groundwork for bands like whoever, like like Killswitch Engage to become big. Like, good on you, man. Be proud of that. Do something else. Be an innovator. Killswitch Engage whatever man half of these other bands whatever they're imitators they're not innovators excuse the, the cliches but I think Gates could at least be proud of that and rather than just being like I want a bit of that money that's going on at the I would agree like, with it that fucking cheapens um, it man but it's, it's also they're also fun to, they're also kind of missing the point as well because those bands are not just influenced by them but they're also like listening to Earth Crisis and hardcore bands as well and Denny and me started on Earth Crisis by the way yeah it's they're not a good band to talk about. <laughs> Honestly. But the sound, the sound comes from there, though, do you know what I mean? And, like, at the gates going, oh, everybody likes that. It's like, well, they, no, everybody likes one part of that. There's two there's two or three, four different parts to the metalcore sound. You guys might have a big part in it. There's also the other moving parts, which you guys probably never listened to. I don't think they sat down and listened to Black Flag and went, I want to I want to write that with a Slayer record. Probably never happened. They probably still didn't think about that when they released a new album. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean... I need a drink. <laughs> this record, though, as a standalone record, irregardless of influence, hugely influential. Mm. No, irregardless of influence, 
Okay, you mean just on its own? Just merits? on its own merits. It's a fucking damn fine me- metal record. If I want, if I want riffs, I'll put this album on. You know, if I want low, heavy, low groovy heavy. riffs, low heavy, I'll put on go else. and want to listen to Pantera. Then go, oh fuck, I can't listen to them anymore because they're racist. <laughs> uh, but if I want fucking, you know, fast. I don't know. I Some just, of the best. This it, album just defines a sound for me. Don't you think like, that maybe it takes a wee bit of racism to make really good metal? Just, just. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Phil, <laughs> Kerry, uh, Tom, like all the Scandinavian guys, basically everybody in Scandinavia. <laughs> 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 Decapitated. Well, that wasn't racism. That was, no, that was that was something a bit more nefarious. Maybe you have there's to actually. Lot, there's like a lot of nice walk guys the do walk. like nice rock. Nice metal. Walk. Walk. They're not not racist. (laughs) Yeah. Lost Profits, proper metal. Oh, yeah. Absolute best metal out, man. The only metal band ever, Lost Profits. Right, let's (laughs) let's wrap this because I'm going to rapidly start seeing things that were (laughs) good. So I think this is a a damn fine metal record and it stands out not only as being a good metal record, but it does one thing which a lot of metal records don't do and it, it knows the value of brevity. Yeah, Which absolutely. I think is another reason why it should go on because we could talk about we could we can pick a Iron Maiden record and we could really like some of it. Most of us could maybe really like some of it, but it's still going to be too long. This is this is this is not too long. This record. No, the first Iron Maiden record is perfect. It's only eight songs long. But don't you only one of them's over six minutes? If you have anyway. to lean into a microphone and go, this is not too long. <laughs> as a, as a, as a, I guess as a punk guy, I, I like Brevi. Do you know what I mean? Like, Me too. I like songs. But I, I can just, see that it's been hugely influential and I'll give it props on that. But as a standalone bit of music, I'm not a huge fan. I just went back and listened to it and I was excited listening to it again. I was like, fuck, I remember listening to this the first time and just going, oh, I understand. Mm. And it's, I just want a fucking eardrum to it. I want an ear guitar to it. That's what metal should be about, like that primal, childish urge just to go. And racism. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and racism. And I, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, I agree with Weaver. Yeah. <laughs> we just said pretty much what I would say as well. Whenever, whenever I listen to it, I get excited, as, as we found out in the last episode. <laughs> this record makes me excited, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I just like it a lot. I prefer this to so many other bands that are metal bands. Yep. If I could take one record away with me that was a metal record to a desert island, it would be this one, no question. Oh, I praise indeed. I, I I wouldn't go that far, but as a metalcore album, this is like the starting point and I would take it over anything that, it, that copied it. Okay, Yeah. fair enough. So we've come to a bit of an impasse, I guess, I suppose. It's an alright impasse, it's That's a okay friendly disagreement. To, yeah. It's fine. Uh, so if you agree or disagree with us, go on our Facebook page and vote if you want it to go into the discography or not. We really appreciate you listening, so please give us a wee rating and review on iTunes if you could. We'd love that. Uh, on the next episode, we are talking about... Trust by Low. Which should be fun. Yeah, that'll be nice and fast. Yeah. My choice. And Happy hardcore. I've got the least to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys.